You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Loving God. Loving God. Today on Words of Encouragement. We are, we are re, I guess, relearning, uh, or learning for the first time, maybe some of us, our mission statement. And for the next two Sundays, uh, concluding this Sunday would be three, but in the next, following with the next two Sundays, we'll be looking at each part of our mission statement. Loving God, loving people, and sharing the message of Jesus Christ. And so today, since uh, I found it appropriate that it fell on this Sunday before Valentine's Day, uh, or as kids when we were growing up said, Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's Valentine's. <laughs> Time for the Valen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously that was funnier to me than it was to you. Okay, well, uh, anyway, seeing as how this is the Sunday before Valentine's Day, I thought, well, this is perfect for us to talk about loving God. And so we will talk about loving God this Sunday, loving people next Sunday, and then sharing the message of Jesus Christ the following Sunday. Uh, so we're going to step through each part of our mission statement, and I do want us to highlight, to learn, to remember, to internalize our mission statement. This is who we are as First Baptist Church. This is who we are declaring ourselves to be. We are people who love God, love people, and share the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, as I said, uh, or as, as I've said before, this was a statement that was agreed upon uh, bef uh, after I first arrived. Uh, and so I want us to internalize that, and we need to really get that in our heads and our hearts, I think. Uh, this is not some statement that we just need to simply know. This is, not, uh, this is not something we just simply know. This is not like memorizing your phone number, okay? Somebody asks you what your phone number is. Oh, oh well, hang on, let me look at my phone, but uh, yeah, okay, this is it. This is not like memorizing your phone number for information. This is something we, we are going to memorize and learn in order to live it, in order to live it out. In doing so, we will reach our community for Christ. If we think about this, we will, you will understand what, what I'm saying. But it will, it will be our measure, our way, of, or our method of reaching our community. If you are able and willing, I'm, I ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4, let's see, should be 4 through 9. The Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Blessed be the reading of God's word this morning. I invite you to be seated. <clears throat> The 
the grand design of all the institutions that were prescribed to Israel were to form a religious people. All of these commands by God was him, God, forming a people, a religious people whose national character should be distinguished by that fear of the Lord their God, which would ensure their divine observance of his worship and the basis of their religion was an acknowledgement of the unity of God with the understanding and the love of God in the heart. Today, God is still doing the same thing. He wants us to be distinguished by a reverential fear of Him, to worship Him, to be obedient to Him. It's what God wants. It's what He desires of us. The short beginning of the Shema. Some of you have learned what that is. You've, you recognize, hear, O Israel. Uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord our God is one. Uh, Shema Israel. Uh, I used to, could, I used to could recall it in the Hebrew. Okay, so I used to could. I used to could. Used to could don't count. All right. But hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Let's look at that next slide. Yes, there is the Shema, uh, and you see it. it. Now remember, Hebrew goes from right to left. English, left to right. Hebrew, right to left. So the first letter of the first word in Hebrew is a sh sound, Shema, and that second word is Israel. And so, and it, it continues. Uh, but this is the expression of the essence of God's person and purposes. The, the Shema is in 16 words in the human, or in the human text, in the Hebrew text. It's 16 words. And, and it's the, it is the expression of the essence of God, God's person and purposes. The prayer is named after, obviously, the first word in verse 4, which is Shema, hear, to hear, hear, Shema, to hear. Um, to hear in Hebrew is the equivalent today, uh, or is, is the equivalent to obey. So when you hear, you obey. Now that's something to teach your kids, isn't it? Whoa, that's something to teach your grandkids. When you hear me say, go do, then you obey. <laughs> you go do. And so the, the word sh shema uh, is to hear, but it has the equivalence of obey. So to hear and obey. So you follow through, uh, especially in a covenant. to hear God without putting into effect the command is not to hear him. Do you, gra do you grasp this? Do you hear this? To not put into action what he has commanded you to do is as if you never, it's as if you never heard him. In other words, it's as if you did not listen. Oh, so when God calls on us to do something and we shema, we hear it, we are to obey. And if we do not obey, we are acting as if we never heard it. Think about that in the context of when you were a child growing up. Think about that in the context of when you were a child growing up and your mother or your father asked you to do something and you just didn't do it. You were choosing not to hear or to listen to them, weren't you? Hey, weren't we? 
I mean, what is that? Yes. Well, this is what this is how powerful you you know you. This is the evidence here of the of the bringing the Hebrew into the English. It says here. Okay, here, Israel, y'all better hear. Y'all listen to this. That's what we think. We say, oh, but when you look at the word and you realize in the Hebrew, it also means to obey, to hear and obey. That opens up a lot more. It opens up a lot more to, to the meaning of what's happening here, the, the, the gist of what God is saying here. And so if you hear God, it is understood that you will obey him. It is just an understood with God that you will obey. You've heard me. I've said this obey now let's let's take a little trip how much time do we have okay let's take it a little bitty trip back to Mo remember god said moses i want you to go to pharaoh i want you to do this blah 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 and Mo oh i don't know i don't know yeah i know yeah moses acknowledged he heard god but he wasn't really ready or willing to obey and it was almost as if i don't really you know i hear you but i, I i'm choosing not to listen to you. It's almost almost right there with Moses. Well, this is the nature of relationship between man and God that we are to hear and obey. This is the prayer which is traditionally recited twice in the morning and evening prayer services for, for our Jewish friends. It expresses belief in the singularity of God, God's oneness, His incomparability. Oh, oh, no, yeah, yeah God is above all. He's not one of many. He is above all. He is the Lord. It is traditional for the Jews to say the Shema as the last words of the day. Right before they go to bed at night, they will say the Shema, uh, the, the, the first, this first portion. For the parents, the parents would teach their children to say it before they went to sleep at night. So it was the last, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. They would say that phrase right before they went to bed acknowledging their belief in God, acknowledging His oneness. The full Shema, verses uh, 4 through 9, is said in worship. Uh, it also includes Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 and 20, through 21, and Numbers 15, 37 through 41. But the portion we're going to zero in on this morning is the, the, the verses 5 through 9. Look at verse 5. The Bible says, You shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might or strength, your Bible may say. God tells his people that they should love him. The extent of man's love for God was to be total, total love God. I say it that way because it conveys what, what God is trying to say through this in, in his word. Love God, not just love God. Oh, I love God ice cream, I love, you know, no, no, love God, behold God, behold him, and love him, know him, take him as much in of he, of who he is into you, and love him, I mean, look at, search his words, see who he is, what does the Bible say uh, he is like, what does it say he's like, take all of that in, all of that in and love him, all of him, much as you can. So love him with all that you are. We're to love him with all that we have and all that we are. And yes, it's a command. It's a command. Now you, you think, well, now my goodness, how can you command somebody to love you? You are, you, you, you love me. You, you do it. I'm going to you, I'm going to make you love me. Well, no, that, that's not, no. It is a command from God to love him, 
but it cannot be interpreted as an evidence that love is anything other than spontaneous, but rather evidence that only a love which is undivided can be called love in its truest sense. Love is a decision. Love is a decision. Love is not a feeling. We like that the world will tell you love is a feeling. And the world will tell you that it's okay. Suddenly, I just don't feel like I love somebody anymore. Love is a decision. Love is not a feeling. But the world will tell you, yes, it's a feeling. And when you don't feel it anymore, well, then you move along. That's what the world will tell you. Because you just don't feel... You don't deserve to feel bad. The world will tell you. You don't deserve to be upset or, 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 or inconvenienced. You don't deserve to feel as if, as if someone has wronged you. You just don't deserve, you don't need that. The world will tell you. I've been seeing a lot of little memes that are out there that, that point in that direction. You deserve better. You deserve, you know. Now, in some circumstances, that may be true. That may be true. You may be in an abusive situation. You may be in a situation that is terrible. And, I, and no, I don't think you deserve to be treated in, in a bad way. But what, what I'm saying is, there are, there, you know, you don't just jump from one person to another and say, oh, well, I love this person now. They didn't, I, I just, I, I suddenly woke up and felt like I just didn't love them anymore and I'm just going to move along. Love is not a feeling, love is a decision. And when you've made that decision to love somebody, you love them and you work through things. You work through situations with them. You don't just decide, oh, well, I don't feel it today. Oh, my. Uh, God so loved the world, the Bible tells us. He chose to love us all. A-L-L. -L, all of us. Brother Craig, there's some people, now I got to tell you, Brother Craig, there's some people I have some difficulty loving. Well, yeah, you may, but God loves them. Wow, how can He love them? Because He's chosen to love them. He has made them and He loves that which He has made. He has chosen to love them. Oh, they may not love Him back. Oh, they may mistreat His children. Oh, they may not be the nicest person in the, in the world. But God loves them. And if He does, we must. We can choose to love God or we can choose not to love God. But if we choose to love God, we need to do it with all that we have and all that we are. All that, that we have. We need to love Him that much. We need to make Him a priority, the priority in our life, in our day. God, what are we doing today? I love that. I love to wake up and just say, God, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? What's going to happen today? Am I going to run into somebody in need? Am I going to run into somebody who needs to talk to me? I never know, and I will tell you, I never know. Last week, I did have an incident where I ran into someone who needed to talk. She knew me. I barely knew her. And she shared with me, and I thought, oh boy, wow, got to be ready. God's, you know, God, you walk with the Lord, the, the Lord's going to put somebody in your pathway. The Lord's going to open up opportunities for you, and you need to be ready. And you need to wake up and say, hey God, what are we doing? What are we going to do today? What's going to happen today? I'm ready, God, let's go. What are we going to do? We love Him with all that we have and all that we are. Look at verses 6 through 9. Uh, the Bible says, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. These need to be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. My goodness, what's he getting at? He's getting at you need to live my words. That's what he's saying. You need to live them out all the time. 
You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And the Jew, Jewish people, the Orthodox Jews, do just this. If, you ever, if you've ever seen uh, the cameras, you know, kind of panning in Israel when they do news reports, sometimes they'll lock in on an Orthodox, Orthodox Jew, and, and they may have. They may have a little, a little compartment up here strapped around their head. In that compartment, in that little pouch, if you will, is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God and the Lord, the Lord is one. They may not wear it here. They may have it on their arm or on the wrist. It's strapped in leather and, there's a pou- and it's in there. It's on the door, uh, the doorpost. This is important. God said, you need to be reminded of this. You need to be reminded of who I am. God tells them these words need to be on their hearts. They need to live them out. Uh, they need to be reminded to love God with all their whole, their whole heart, their, their, with their heart, their mind, their, their soul. They need to make sure their children know these words. This is important that the children be taught these words, that, to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and might. They need to be carried with your person, God said. They need to be, be a visual reminder. You need to be reminded of it when you see it. I tell you what, there are things that you and I put in our houses. If I came into your house and took it away, you wouldn't even notice it was gone because it's been there so long and you don't remember. You, have so, you may have a nice little decoration. Now, I'm not going to do that. You're going to start. I know. Preachers come to visit. Oh, my goodness, what would he take? I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but but there, I'm telling you, there, is, there are things that I could come into your house. They've been in your house so long. They may be a scripture verse. On, on the wall, they may be a little stand-up verse somewhere. It may be a little poem about God. There may be something that really reminds you about who God is, and you just loved it so much that you got it, and you stuck it in your house, that if I took it, you would forget, that it, you, you wouldn't notice it. And it would be like, what, what, what? Oh, what? You, you wouldn't even notice, because you don't look at it. You thought it would remind you of God's love. You thought every time you looked at it, it would But you don't look at it anymore because it's become a fixture in your house. It's amazing how that works. Because, oh, I have well-meaning, uh, well-meaning intentions many times where I, I think, well, I'll write this down or I'll print this out on my printer and I'll stick it here. It stays and I don't look at it. It needs to be in our hearts. It needs to be in our hearts. And God says that to the, at the beginning. He says it needs to be on your hearts, written on your hearts. And he, he does go ahead and say, well, put them, put them on your wrist, put them on your head, put them on your, on your doorposts. So, so when you see it, you'll be reminded of it. But if it's in your heart, that's where it needs to be. Today we have the Holy Spirit who helps us to remember to love God and to spend time with Him. Let me ask you a question. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you listening when He says to you, hey, Have you read your Bible lately? Have you spent time with God? Have you talked to God lately? God is wanting to talk to you. Have you talked to Him? Are you listening? The Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. Are you listening? My first question is, do you love God? Do you love God? The second thing we see, how how are we to express our love for for and to God? That's a good question. Uh, Over in John chapter 14, yes, we're jumping around a little bit here, uh, but this is all throughout the Bible. God teaching us to love Him, asking us to love Him, trying to help us to understand how to do it. And so in John 14, verse 21, the Bible says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Oh, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself 
to him. So the proof of your love, my love for God, is our obedience to his command. If you love God, you're going to do what he calls on you to do. If you love God, you're going to want to make him happy. If you love God, you're going to want to please him. Because he's your heavenly father and he loves you. And he has provided salvation for you. Look, the difference between heaven and hell has been... Look, the difference is is what you do with Jesus. And so there's, where are you going? The fact that you're going to heaven, that you've trusted in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, God made that possible. And you love Him, and you show it by your obedience to His commands. So how are you doing in the area of following God's commands? How are you doing? How am I doing? It's always a good thing to check up and look and see, well, how are we doing? How am I doing in loving God? How am I doing in the area of following God's commands? You might say, well, I follow him all the time. All right. Uh, You may say, well, I don't follow him all the time. I'm honest enough. Well, I thank you for your honesty. But let me say, do not let the fact that you occasionally do what you want to do instead of what God wants to do cause you to give up trying. We choose other than God, don't we? Sometimes we do. We may say something that we know God's not pleased with. We choose to do something on our own that we want to do. And then we feel bad. And we say, oh my goodness, I feel horrible. I hate this. We might get to a point where we just say to ourselves, I can't do this. I keep messing up. I keep messing up. I keep sinning against God. Why do I I even try? This is ridiculous. Please do not give up. Do not give up. Do not let that voice in your head that comes from the devil that says, Oh, you can't do it. You might as well stop trying because there's no way you're going to make God happy. Listen, that is the devil speaking. God says, if you will follow me, obey my commandments, we will have a great relationship. Things will go well. And you will show me you love me when you're even attempting to do what I've called you. Look, God loves you and He wants you to have a good relationship with Him. And if you thinking, oh, well, I just can't do it. I'm just going to give up. If you're thinking that way, you're, you're, look, this is what's happening. This is God. This is you. This is me. This is what's happening. We're drifting away. God says, wait a minute, where are you going? Wait, what are you doing? Why? Look, when you try, you're every, every single time you try to do what God's called you to do, you're getting a little closer to Him. You're getting a little closer to Him. That's what's happening. And you're becoming more like Christ with every attempt. It's happening. It's happening. Yes, you're going to choose otherwise. You are a human being. You, can, you are not always going to do exactly what you've been called to do. God loves you and He forgives you. And all you have to do is say, when the Holy Spirit says, look, you, you bombed, is say, God, I bombed. I messed up. I messed up, God. Will you forgive me? And he says, yes, I will. Come on. Come on. Let's get after it again. Let's do this. This is serious business. Serious business here. Our entire Christian life is one long season of growing to be more like Jesus. It will not happen overnight. It will take time. It will take time. Know that and just keep following Jesus. He will lead you to know and follow God's commands. Serious, serious business. Our devotion to God should first be experienced by Him as He observes how we live. He should be able to see if we love Him by the way we follow His commands. If, if God has a love language, how many, of, how many of you are familiar with the five love languages, the book? 
Anybody? Some of you? Yes? I, I, I urge you, I, I want to encourage you, if you've never read that book, to read that book. Biblically based, good book that talks about the different kinds of, of love, that we, how we show love, how we express love, and how we receive love. Uh, just very quickly, uh, very quickly, um, my love language, my love language is touch. If you hug me and tell me that you love me, I feel love. If I love you, I'm probably going to want to hug you. But since the COVID, I've become so, uh, you know, and I don't, I may not hug you much anymore, but that's, that's how I express my love. I will say it to you, but I want to touch. I want to hug you. Uh, there are other, other types of love in, in that uh, there's the giving of, and receiving of gifts. Some people express their love by showing a, giving a gift to someone. And they, they're like, man, this is great. I'm giving you this gift. And the person receiving the gift, they may receive love through touch. And they'll appreciate the gift, but it's not the same as if you grabbed them and hugged them and said, I love you. And so if you, get, if you, if you can follow that, uh, there, there's, like I say, there's different types of expressing love. Well, if God has a love language, it would probably be most likely uh, obedience, just doing what he says. And when you do what he says, he's like, man, they care enough about me. They love me to do what I've told them to do. This is incredible. And I think God feels that if you can, if you, if you, if you may, <laughs> he feels love from us when we obey him. Do you love your neighbor? Do you love your neighbor? Neighbor geographically, neighbor around the world, neighbor across the street, neighbor across town. Do you love your neighbor? How about your enemy? How about your enemy? Boy, that's a different, oh, now wait a minute, preacher. The world says we can hate our enemy. But what does God say? God says, love your enemy. Oh, man, that flies in the face of what the world's telling us. So that's going to be difficult. So we'll just put that to the side and won't do that. No, no, no. If we love God, we'll obey his commands. And God says, love your enemy. So do we love our enemy? Are you really sitting in church this morning with a grudge against another person? Are you really doing that? Are you really sitting here this morning and you have a grudge? And you're thinking, oh, Think, preacher, why are you going there? What are you saying that? What are you, why do you, do you know something? Do you know something that, that I know that I hadn't shared with you? No. But if you're sitting here with a grudge this morning, there's something wrong. And that's not that you're not showing God that you love Him if you have a grudge against somebody else. Are you sacrificing your time to help others? Are you reading His Word? Are you sitting here this morning with unrepentant sin in your life? What are you doing? How can any of us say we love God and blatantly ignore the fact that He has called us to walk in His ways and in His commands? Do other people know that you love God? Or do they just know that you've said you love God? There's difference. There's difference. How do people know that they love... That, how do people know that you love God? Do, do they see it in the way you live? Is there a steadfast devotion to following and doing what He desires you to do? Or do you just have a history of doing whatever you want to do? You, do you have one of those? I, I mean, I have to ask myself, do I have a history of doing things that I want to do instead of what God wants? Are they able to see us offer forgiveness to those who seemingly do not deserve it? Are they able to see you helping others, giving to the poor, assisting those in need? Can they name a person that you're holding a grudge against? When all of us have been instructed to be at peace with each other and even strive for peace and unity? Do you express your love for God outside the walls of this building? Do other people know that you love God? I point the finger at myself along with all of us. Do people know I love God? 
Oh, well, he's a preacher. Oh, well, he's a Christian. They love God. Do they know it? Can they see it in how I live? Can they see it in how you live? What is it that would ever make anybody else in this community think that you love God? What do you do that shows God love that other people can look at and say, yeah, that's one of his kids. That's one of his kids. Where are? Where are the fruits? Where are the fruits of our relationship with Jesus? Do you love God? Can other people see can they tell that you love God? Does it show? Does it show? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. Oh God, I thank you. Humbly we come to you and Father, we thank you. The fact that we can even talk to you right now is just, it's overwhelming. God, that we can come to you and just speak with you and share with you how we feel and what's going on in our lives. Father, we want, we want you to know that we love you. Father, help us, to, help us to show our love for you and how we live. Help us, God, to obey your commands, to live in such a way that when people look at us, they know we love you. Our, our love for you should take priority over everything else in our lives. Father, help us. Help us. There might be somebody here this morning that has never given their heart and life to God. They've never said, look, I, I realize I'm a sinner. I, I've sinned. I've, I've sinned. and I, I don't want to keep doing that. I don't want to keep living that way. I want to repent of my sin. I want to turn away from my sin and I want to walk toward Jesus. Maybe today you need to make that decision to walk with Jesus. You've never made that decision ever in your life. And you realize that you need to be forgiven of your sins. You want God in control of your life. Maybe today's the day you give your life to Him. We have a God who waits lovingly. We have a God who does not force this decision on anyone, but He waits. He waits. He, he shows, He's expressed His love on a cross through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And He's expressed His love you just have yet to receive. Maybe today you'd like to give your heart to Him. Would you come in just a few moments? Maybe you have a friend or a relative who needs Jesus. Would you pray for them? Would you take some time? Don't give up. Don't, don't, don't give up praying for a, a, someone who's lost. Do that. Keep at it. God hears your prayers. God's at work. He may even use you in a different, in, in a new and different way to share with your friend or relative. He may use somebody that you didn't even expect. Pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your great love for us. And Father, I pray that you can see our love for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Words of Encouragement. I hope that these have been words that have encouraged you to love God more. Uh, that, listen, if, when we love Him, uh, there are going to be many things that come out of that relationship. Many many, many things. Uh, the way we see our world, the way we act, the way we use our language, the words we say, the way we treat people, I could go on and on. But when we love the Lord, it's going to get on us. It's going to affect us. So my prayer is that that's exactly what happens to you as you love 
God if you do not have a relationship with Him. I do want to invite you to go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. There will be a little... uh, Well, a link on the right-hand side of the page, or if you're on your phone, just scroll down, and you'll find Steps to Peace with God. Uh, You can click on that, watch a video presentation of the gospel, and of course, contact us if you have any questions concerning what it means to have Jesus in your heart, what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to love God. Again, thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. Until next time, I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and I am praying for you.